My name is Nobody. I can't tell you my last name, and I can't tell you where I live, but I can tell you that this is The Axe Files, a show where a handful of weirdos reread every single Animorphs book in order, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal this side of the Endolite homeworld, it's Vivian. I seem to continue to always be proven right in my theories regarding this book. <laughs> and of course, we're also joined by the most elegant Estrine on Earth, it's Kate. We'll see how long that lasts. I mean, it's, um... <laughs> Some stuff's predictable, I, some stuff's not, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'll admit, I still have some theories that I've been around since, like, book one, that it's like, mm, well, we'll see. Uh, Vivian, if you can tell me right here and now what is the deal with the water buffalo, I will give you $100 when we get to it. <laughs> okay, look, you can't ask me to have an accurate prediction about something that has not been alluded to at all. Oh, I've alluded to it. <laughs> compared, compared to, I kind of suspect there's something more going on with Tobias than just being a normal dude if uh, he had that moment with uh, Elfangor. <laughs> That's a serious offer, by uh, the way. I don't know what the fuck the water buffalo might be about, because <laughs> we haven't gotten an illusion, like a hint of a water buffalo yet. Maybe when that is it on one of the covers. It is. Yes. Let me find that cover and send Which it one? to you. <laughs> yeah. Let, yeah. If I can see the name of the book, maybe I can make a, a guess based on whatever one the water buffalo is on. What about, like, um, I don't know, the hork <laughs> Like, their whole deal. Where they're from. What about them? What do you think? <laughs> I mean, we already know that they were enslaved by the Yurks, so, like, I feel like they're more of a peaceful people, right? I mean, we kind of got that with Alfenger, saying that they're not bad people. But there's like... more There's more to it than that. The hork are wild. Yeah. <laughs> the hork are, cr- like... <laughs> There. Okay, this cover We're... this cover is bad. It is entirely <laughs> unhelpful, I know. <laughs> like, I mean, I, you know, props to the fact that it accidentally has trans colors on the cover, but it's like, the tagline is to morph or not to morph, that is the question, and the book is to simply called The Hidden, and it's like, well, neither of those give me anything to go based on with a water buffalo on it. <laughs> you know, I keep saying water buffalo, but it's actually a cape buffalo. I'm sorry, animal lovers. <laughs> It's a it's a buffalo. <laughs> it's close enough. I don't know. I got I got fucking nothing. Uh, wait, let me scroll down and see when is the hidden. Uh, that would be book thirty nine. We Jesus have a Christ. wild. Yeah, I, I have I have no fucking idea at that point. <laughs> like if they're if they're already getting into kid gets yurked in book six, I have no idea where the fuck we're gonna be at book thirty nine. <laughs> Fair enough. <sighs> Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, in that case... It's amusing that this is, like... It's amusing out of all the things we've talked about, uh, you know, in relation to, like, the main show, that this is the thing that I have, like, the next to zero knowledge about entirely, besides Tobias as a bird, <laughs> compared to, like, I at least knew, like, plot points on she and Infinity Train, but that's all because I'm on the internet and I'd watched the first mm-hmm, season yeah. of both compared to this where it's like i i distinctly still remember opening it to buy his book and being like this is weird and then putting it down like a page or so in <laughs> and that was it that's how i knew to buy with the bird and also trans <laughs> <laughs> or the trans thing came later but still yeah very fair uh but yeah um we're here today to talk more about book six the capture so we will get to water buffalo in 33 new books <laughs> Plus megamorphs. <laughs> um, All right, so what? Three years from now? Uh, 
four years now. We usually cover a book in three weeks, so not quite. Um, but yeah, uh, last we left off, the Animorphs had morphed into roaches so they could go to a sharing meeting instead of going to a sharing meeting. <laughs> Would have been soup. I'm hmm? like, I was gonna say that that I, I could understand them being worried about like. Well, they're going to a secret sharing meeting. Well, that's true, like, yes. One where the controllers are talking at. And and I feel like I would feel nervous going to a sharing meeting even as like a new member because you never fucking know. They're like, they're, they're controllers. Um, but I mean, also, I mean, like, it's not like they're every... just grabbing everyone who joins and immediately shoving a slug in their brain. They're trying to accumulate voluntary <laughs> hosts. Yeah. That way. And but even then, like the way that they present the sharing always comes across as yeah, this is a fucking cult. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like if you if you actually go to a like a sharing meeting, boom, you're on the Yerk's radar. Like that Yeah, also that. Yeah, like, even like if you're, you're like, Yeah, I don't think this is for me, it's like they they, they, they like can find you. You're watching point. you now. Like that that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've you've you're in their field of vision, they know who you are. And that's that's a, a danger in itself. So I would I would understand their hesitance yeah. to um yeah i don't know i feel like they the animals specifically they can do it once right because tom has been trying to get jake to go to a meeting for so long jake just has to show up and see what it's about and then leave and say no nah, this wasn't for me because he's been resisting in the first place it's plausible right uh anyone yeah. else yeah that might cause issues <laughs> and all so, of them showing up together well yeah obviously they wouldn't would all go be, together yeah yeah <laughs> I would assume. Big, I guess bigger, bigger question there. Why doesn't Tom just wait until Jake is asleep, like, 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 gag his mouth or something like that, and just carry him out of the house at night and just bring him to a yurk to get yurk? Yeah, you don't think <laughs> people like, would trying. notice him carrying him down the street? Not if the yurks have already like planned this out and they have a car in front, like you can sneak out probably. I think the simpler thing would just be to bloop a slug in his brain while he sleeps. Or that, yeah, just like, like carry a little carry a little uh yurk in a petri dish or something like that and just plop it next to his head. Or in a fishbowl. <laughs> Which is something we'll uh, that well, will happen later, I think. We will find out later that it is Pretty incredibly difficult to your people in the way you're describing because they don't do well at all outside of the pools. So even if you do keep them alive outside the pool, they yeah. have difficulty navigating. Yeah, okay. You know, you're I'm right. You could just put it on Jake's head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just now imagining like Tom like placing a yurk on Jake's pillow and he's like, "No, go move over there! Fuck. Come on, that's why you put it you're directly... fine, but you can hear me, right? Just walk that way." They can't hear no, either. They can't, they can't. They can't hear either. Yeah. Oh, they don't specify that in these chats. All they, they all they have is like a uh, sort of electro like electric electromagnetic sense. They can communicate through like pulses of hmm. like yeah electricity, basically. Um. I do feel like that would, that problem could be fixed simply by placing the yerk directly upon the ear. <laughs> yeah, that would certainly do it. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, it's like again, Tom putting the yerk on the ear, and it's still going the wrong way. It's like God fucking damn it! You should not so close. Have, I can't put you closer. <laughs> should not have chosen chosen Bill. God damn it! This yerk's name is Bill. <laughs> <laughs> but the one yerk that doesn't have like a like. Whatever name followed by a three-digit well, number. It's, it's like, yeah, no, this is Bill. <laughs> he's he's 
Bill, uh, Bill 420. But, you know. <laughs> uh. Everyone it's, hates him. And Bill 420's best friend is, uh, like, Lillian 69. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, okay, so it has to be a three digit number or zero, in some zero six nine in there some cases in some cases a four digit number with a repeating final digit as in uh viscer three who is s s something something six i believe it is nine four six six if i recall nine four six six because that that designates a twin but that's a okay. whole other thing <laughs> do we ever meet a york that has a funny number has a like four two zero or like zero six nine. I don't. Six, six, six. I don't remember any of their numbers. Uh, I mean, to be fair, they, the the numbers really don't matter necessarily because, like, how often do we really actually hear a yerk be like, "I'm this person, I'm important," and then no. Well, they sure matter to the yerk because they designate rank. Well, yeah, but also we never really get that insight because we don't have a yerk on the, like narrating any books. We will. Uh... Okay, sorry. Oh boy. Yeah. Through the list real quick. I'm not seeing any funny number yurks, I, I, no. I feel like I feel like if Animorphs was written in this day and age, there would probably be a sneaky one in there, one being four two zero and the other one being zero six nine, but I feel like in the nineties maybe not so much. Not not in the kids' book. I've, yeah. I've got a thirteen eighteen, but that's the closest it gets. Like in the inevitable Animorphs modern reboot, when they're like seventeen-year-old kids instead of thirteen, then you would get that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, chapter ten is where we are, <laughs> and when we last left off, Jake was dying of poison. Yes. So what happened? So the Animorphs had in- infiltrated this meeting, found out that the Yerks were taking over a hospital, had planned to Yerk a governor, and then they got uh, stomped slash sprayed. Uh, Tobias swooped in uh, to what? pick Jake up, and now we are in chapter 10, which I have called, that's just what it's like to eat at Boston Market. Um. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, is Boston Market even much of a thing anymore? Because I actually drove past one a couple days ago, and it was fully like shut down. Like It was like dead, like they ripped the signs, like the like to have the letters off the thing. You can tell it was still one of those. There's an open. There's an open oh. one not far from me. Okay, I guess it's just like I, I. It was weirdly enough. I was ironically thinking about it based on like watching clips of uh, Fancy High when they mentioned like Bastion Market as a play <laughs> on Boston Market, and it's like me thinking like I haven't seen a Boston Market in fucking ages, and I passed one by a couple days ago. And it was dead. Well, <laughs> so I'm like, hmm, maybe they're the just gone. The thing is, Vivian, despite the name, it's a Midwest company, so it like it's not going to be in your area, because you're not in the Midwest. So. Uh, except that I actually, there were a good amount of them over in Long Island, where I grew up. And like I said, I live in Connecticut well, yeah, now, but that's New York. there was one nearby that I pet. Well, yeah, I guess. But, it, but there was one here. Was, because it's dead. <laughs> Well, it's it's also that Boston Market is kind of like Cracker Barrel in that only old people yeah. eat there, <laughs> and uh, it's like uh, I mean, this is what I reveal that every time I used to go camping as a kid, we'd stop at a Cracker Barrel inevitably. <laughs> I mean, I like Cracker Barrel situationally; they have good breakfasts. Yeah, they have good breakfasts and like not good anything else really. <laughs> or or Golden Corral a little bit too. You know. Oh yeah, now, Golden, Golden Corral. I feel like it's a step down from Cracker Barrel, which is saying a lot. Cause, yeah, again, Cracker really Barrel is. is like all right. Well, <laughs> I don't think that's fair to say though, because they're not. It's not a step down because they're not comparable restaurants. They're totally different food experiences. 
I guess. But they're, but they're both old people restaurants. Well, yeah. And I feel like I feel like Cotton Patch Cafe is one of the ones that's kind of like... I don't actually know if there's Cotton Patch Cafes outside of Texas or the South. The name is kind of like... Uh, gives me uncomfortable uh-huh, feelings. Yep. <laughs> and the thing is, in my experience, they're not very good either. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. true. Like, really, if you want like, actual, like, good, like, breakfasty kind of food, just go to, a, like, a privately owned diner. Old, it's gonna be old, way better. Listen, old people, um, old people like bland food, one, because they don't have any taste buds anymore, and two, because it reminds <laughs> them of back, uh, in the day, uh, you know, when, when all American food was bad and people were eating casseroles nonstop. Uh, yes, back in the day when spice was the most valued commodity on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, on the on the planet of Caracas, my grand spice was the most important. My grandmother loves eating like spam and grits because that reminds her of when she was growing yeah. up during the depression. <laughs> so, like, uh, yeah, I, I guess I guess things are gonna make you remind of that stuff. Meanwhile, it's like me thinking back at to some of the cooking. It's like, well, whenever I like whenever the heater first turns on in like winter or whatever. I always think of Christmas because usually the theater's on around Christmas. So I just simply remember that smell at times, like setting up the tree. Mm-hmm. Com- com- a little different than like remembering, ah, I miss Spam and Grits because of the 1920s. Well, listen, I don't like Grits, <laughs> yeah. but Spam is fantastic. To be fair, I mean, I, I, I'd say, uh, meanwhile, I never have actually had Spam nor Grits, so I guess I can't really say one way or another, but it's just like, it, that doesn't sound appealing. Yeah, it's great. I mean, you gotta cook it, obviously, but... It's... <laughs> <laughs> Meat gel. It's weird. Yeah, is it's isn't like spam like designed to just be right out of the can or Uh hypothetically, yes you could, but it's bad that way, is the thing. <laughs> um I mean it was a thing in Scouts that ended up happening a lot because we did a bunch of the high adventure hiking trips, yeah. And so you want minimal effort, minimal packaging foods and spam is great for protein so that ended up being a thing that got carried on a lot of those trips yeah i i would i would also expect like i mean tuna would be an easy one because like yeah tuna is like probably not as nice if you don't actually like combine it with something else like even like mayo at a minimum but it's still like in a small can then they can travel at least yeah 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 it, it's yeah. a little trickier to get right on a camp stove but it works <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, um, yes, regardless of all of this, I really do need to start this <laughs> chapter now, so... <laughs> yeah, we've argued more about restaurants and I'm wrapped. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm, I'm shivering with anticipation as to what happens to, to, to this uh, Jake guy. Uh, yes, so he is dying of bug poison because he is a bug, and Tobias puts him down on a Boston market, which he knows somehow, despite having earlier said that roaches have bad eyes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's well. He would see that it's a. He would. I think he would see that it's a Boston market later when he demorphs. Well, sure, but he didn't say it later. <laughs> well, it's it, it's it's all being told in past tense. So, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. So he is just lying there, dying because the poison is slowly shutting off his roach body. Um. It, he's doing that thing that roaches do, where they lay there and just twitch for a while. Um, but he he eventually starts to morph out because he's still conscious enough to at least try, but he's having a really, really hard time with it because he can't figure out, he doesn't have a mental image of himself anymore. 
And maybe that's the poison talking, and maybe it's all the morphs, but he's having difficulty picturing his human self, because it's all mixed up with the birds and the and the bugs and dolphins, and it's 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 interesting, and it's not a thing we get enough of IMO. But the real thing that takes over as he's doing this morph is he goes back into the tiger dream, and it's just so purely energetic for him. He loves this. He He's hunting. He can hear something moving in the forest, a human prey, and he, the tiger, is hunting Tom again, and he sees Tom turn to look at him and springs for the kill, and then boom, he uh, he wakes up, and he's a person again. Uh, uh, you, you, well, you skip that, like, he and Tom basically switch places in the dream. Well, eh. I mean, I feel like that's an important detail in there, because, like, he was alluding to that, but he didn't specify the end of his dream, and we got the reveal there that it's, like, it switches between him being the tiger and yeah. Tom being the victim to be the other way around. Tom Tom had become the tiger, and I was the prey. I was his prey, is the exact part. Yeah, um, I don't... I, I guess I just don't feel that that's necessarily super relevant, because the recurring dream is the rest of it. This is another thing that is happening as he is dying of poison i guess i guess so but like that i think that there's a reason that that's there and i think that that's because of what will happen so like it's like jake is a precog but like it's it's i don't know it seems relevant to me it seems it seems significant in some way yeah like it's him realizing that like probably inevitably either like he's gonna die or jake would or uh, tom would die just in the sake that he's opposing the yurks Because again, yeah. like a lot of this book has been him focused on, like, yeah, if we do this thing, he might get fucking got. Well, I I don't think this is that though, because he realizes that like two pages from now. <laughs> well, you know, it might be the subcon. You realize stuff subconsciously before you might realize it consciously. <laughs> also, he's mentioned he mentioned last week multiple times, being like, "Oh, I feel like I, this could blow back on Tom." But I mean, also, it's it's that you know, <sighs> yes. Jake, as an anamorph, is in some way a predatory force to the Yerks, including Tom. And then there's conflict there because Tom is also his brother, who he loves, um, trapped inside of, 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 of this whole thing. And then there's the other side of it, which is that the Yerks are also after Jake. So Jake knows this. I feel like this could manifest as a reversal of roles, you know, because it's not it's not a one way thing. Jake is not just hunting the Yerks. The Yerks are also going to do the same thing back to him. Uh, and he knows that. And that's like a source of literally all of the animorph stress. <laughs> so I feel like that is what this is going after. And I feel like it's it's you know, it's it's completely reasonable uh, at, at this point for for Jake to be thinking that. I suppose that's fair, but again, I don't think he's really thinking. <laughs> well, no, he's not. You know what well, I, I mean? mean I don't. I don't. To mean, be fair, he's dying at the I, moment, I, so I he's don't not really mean, thinking about much. I don't mean like literal, obvious thinking. I mean like you know the the what's what's going on in his his subconscious mind. What's going on in his deep brain? You know. <laughs> uh, all right. Um. Well, the tiger represents his shadow self, and he has to go into the TV world and confront it in order to become a better person and get a persona. I thought that I was like, I thought is 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 are they making like a a, a Jungian shadow thing? And no, you were just talking about persona. I mean, I mean, kind of because like a lot of like uh, 
a lot of like the whole like persona and ego stuff that comes out in the, that series is kind of derived from that stuff too. Well, ego is Freudian, but yeah. Oh right, okay, right. Yeah, yeah like yeah, it, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's pop psych. <laughs> yeah, sh- Shadow Jake being like, "Some you, do, you might have to kill your brother," and meanwhile, the actual Jake is like, "No, I don't wanna." <laughs> And then you have to fight a stupid boss battle. I think Tom is Tom is like in in the the, the archetypal sense. I think that Tom is is Jake's shadow. Um, but I don't want to talk about that anymore. Uh, <laughs> Patch. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 one of those things that I kind of don't like that I bring up on that occasion, just because it's like yeah. But also, modern persona has been bad and deeply queerphobic. Well, I, that's not yeah. really what I want. That's not really the reason I was saying that. The reason I was saying that is because we need to continue with the chapter. Also true. Yeah, the thing is, just that shadow is a word that means many things that aren't persona. Um, <laughs> true. Yeah. But yes. Uh, so Jake wakes up and he's human again. He's okay, and it. It, Tobias reports that it was a little strange. Uh, apparently, Jake passed out and still managed to morph out, which is very unusual because that requires a lot of concentration normally. But he did it, and we're not going to interrogate it any further. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I really don't get this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I wish I had more information for you here, but it just kind of happens, and we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> My best yeah, guess here is that he managed to start the morph out before he passed out, and then it kept going. <laughs> yeah, like his body just took over. Yeah, like similar to like how they like sometimes they like let the animal brain take over, like his instinct just took over. Yeah. Or something. So what I'm saying is he's lucky he's not a tiger in a Boston market. Um. <laughs> but yeah, everybody else is okay. He was the only one who actually got poisoned, so they all got morphed out and Axe is human already and Jake is just on the roof of this restaurant, so he has to get down. Um <laughs> But uh, he he sort of talks to Tobias about what they saw, because of course Tobias didn't know a ton. He didn't hear anything, but he didn't even know the guy in the limo was Visser three until he got the report. But uh but he, but Tobias says that he like met up with Marco while Jake was like finishing morphing back. Yes, I just said he Marco. learned it when he got the report. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess I guess I didn't interpret that as Marco told him. I understand that, but also like I don't feel like it's necessarily necessary to point out who said every single thing. This is a long series, and there are a lot of lines of dialogue. <laughs> True. Especially when they are off screen and we didn't see it happen. <laughs> yeah. But yes, uh so Tobias did see Tom leaving with the guy who was Visser three, although he didn't realize it was Visser three at the time. So I mean that's good because Jake knew that Visser three killed someone in the crowd and he was afraid it was Tom, but now he knows it wasn't. But it seems like they're kinda chill. Um he he He's careful, obviously, because you have to be careful when you're standing next to Visser 3, but they're as close as you can be when he is Yerks. Um, Don't ever become friends with the boss. He's not, he's not actually going to be your yeah. But worse, Jake realizes that he thinks Tom is responsible for this hospital plan, and if that doesn't work out, uh, maybe something really bad happens, so uh-oh. <laughs> I think that Jake would prefer that Tom remain, you know, intact. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Before the yerk is removed and and all that. 
uh, and this it, the the risk here is is that if since Tom is in charge, if the plan fails, Visor Three will definitely kill him. That's yeah, absolutely yes. <sighs> but yeah, that that's the end of the chapter. Not a whole lot going on. Just Jake uh, having horrifying realizations of his inner psyche. Um, <laughs> and almost died. Yes, as one death. Yes, indeed. Um, chapter 11, I have called the throwaway chapter, because honestly, it really super is. Uh, Jake is playing, but... To be fair, a lot of chapters in these books are kind of throwaway. Yeah, but this is... (sighs) There's levels of it. (laughs) Jake is playing basketball in gym class with two throwaway characters we'll never hear from again. They brag about how good Tom was at basketball. They talk about how sad it is that he quit basketball. Gym class is over. He bumps into Marco. He does a casual homophobia. The end. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I think that's a pretty succinct summary. I don't think you really left anything out that's important. I mean, also Marco uh, mentions dog food. Yeah, yeah. Marco mentions that Cassie had an idea of how they can do this Uh hospital plan and think about dog poop. And, like, this chapter could have been skipped entirely to just go into the plan and Cassie could have said the thing instead of teasing it. Yeah, like, it could have been, like, oh, after school, Cassie told us to reconvene at the barn because she had an idea of how we could sneak in as not roaches. Oh, and Marco suggests that the reason that the pol- that the the, uh, the governor is coming in for surgery is because of hemorrhoids. Yeah. He's going to get his hemorrhoids removed. I think the... Which, like... <laughs> oh, go for it. Which, like, listen... I have, listen. To, I have to point out something real quick with that. How did, like, he... Marco getting this information about this governor's itinerary... It's so fucking dumb. Well, <laughs> I think that it's not. I think that it, it I mean, it, it, it's, it's plausible simply because, um, I forget what the law, what, like, what, what it's called, but the, uh, there's like a specific name for it, someone's law, but the idea that everyone is promoted to their lowest level, their, uh, sorry, their lowest level of incompetence. <laughs> like, you're promoted until you're no longer good at your job, and then you kind of stay in that job. <laughs> so I, I I feel like all that Marco would really have to do is just kind of I don't know say something kind of official be like hey I'm a journalist can I get the itinerary and then they'd probably send it yeah like it's 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 public information well, I mean it's, it's just really goofy that, frankly there's only two really relevant things in this chapter and that's basically one of them because specifically what he did to get this schedule he has the governor's schedule because he emailed his office and told them he was a reporter and they sent him the schedule <laughs> i want to know what marco's email address is because it's gonna be this like some crappy like early 90s bullshit maybe he made a new one maybe he made a new one that sounded official defo not anandalite at hotmail.com to be honest here i'm only assuming that it's an email address because they faxed him the governor's itinerary so like he might have faxed over like a request yeah that's possible i kind of assumed email on account of he is a child so he definitely could not call them on the phone but you're right a fax would work (laughs) well even then like I'm, I'm trying to remember, just based on the timing, if email was really as prevalent back then as it later would be in like the later 90s. Oh, please. Yes, absolutely. He would have so many free hours in America online. <laughs> <laughs> he has to put in one of those CDs. He's like, Jake, Jake, I have one of those CDs. I got an idea. <laughs> Jake does something at the end of this book to make me think that Marco could definitely disguise his voice. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. 
Uh, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. Um, because Morphin, yeah. and just Morphin a little bit. It, it it is it is a chapter that doesn't really uh, have a whole lot nah. to it. <laughs> the only other really relevant and interesting scene in this chapter is that Marco is kind of into it to do this mission, and Jake kind of checks in with him about like how he's doing because that's not like Marco, but he just is all. Yeah, I mean, you know why I'm in this now. You saw her, and that's the end of that scene. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it basically just reaffirms like where the last book had left off. Like, yeah, Marco actually has a reason for fighting now, and isn't gonna keep like, like he might act like it's like, ah, oh, they keep pulling me back in, but in reality, he's like, no, I'm here, I'm here for life. <laughs> it's also kind of like I like Mar- like I think we like Marco a little bit more now that we've seen a peek oh, yeah. behind the curtain. Yeah. But it is kind of shitty that he would be so like hesitant to uh enter into this or or at least like even hesitant to allow other people to enter into this especially jake given like jake jake's situation with tom and in the first book he he seemed to use like oh tom is a controller as a way to convince Jake not to do this. And now <laughs> yeah. his mom's a controller and he's like, oh, now I gotta be all in. <laughs> it's, it's just a uh, little bit Jake, shitty. Just a little bit shitty. Yeah, just, just Jake being like, oh, I guess I thought that uh, our own family's being controllers didn't matter. And it's like, yeah, but it's but it's my mom. And uh, yeah, now it's now uh, it's something Robert's directly asshole. connected to me, though. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, so with that, we're going to dive into the next chapter, which I have titled Jake Goldblum. Um, and Jake is at the mall because he needs to buy a present for his dad's birthday, but he only has $15. Um, no, no, it's his mom's birthday because he says his dad's That's right, yes. He is, his dad's birthday is in a month, so he needs to save money, so he has to get both presents on 15 bucks. Um <laughs> <laughs> So I I wanna I wanna know how this kid also managed to afford like a like almost mint condition like issue four Spider-Man well, last that's year. That's <laughs> actually what I wanted to bring up next, because last year he bought for his mom a near mint condition copy of the Amazing Spider-Man issue number three. Now I was close, I thought it was four, yeah. <laughs> that is an incredibly classic comic published in nineteen sixty three. This is the first appearance of Doctor Octopus. And I'd like to throw a quick game at y'all. Uh, how much do you think a near mint condition of The Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> issue three goes for? <laughs> I'm so bad at the prices, right? I okay, will give you this so... much. It is in the thousands. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was about to say. I was gonna be like follow up question in the time that this was written or now. Uh, I don't have that data for the time when this was written, but I'm sure you could find it. I only have it for now. Okay. And is it going to be closest without going over? Sure. Yes. 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 That's perfect. Okay. I'm gonna guess six thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. Uh, hmm. I'm gonna say thirteen k. Thirteen k. All right. Um. Now I feel like six thousand is probably closer in 1996, but currently, as of 2023, the retail—well, not the retail, but the market price for a near mint condition of this book is thirty-five thousand dollars. <laughs> Fuck! What the? Oh my god! 
Well, I guess I win by yeah, I guess you call, do. so you're going I, way too under. None of us were, neither of us were anywhere near see, close. See, but... the, fra- the, phrasing, the phrasing of it being in the thousands made me go like, well, they're not specifying like if it's just single digit thousands, like if it's like under 10k. So I was like, it's gotta be above 10k at the least then, right? <laughs> so that's why I was like, oh, okay, I'll go, I'll go a little bit safe at 13, even though uh, I was still like off by almost... Two times, or yeah, two times the amount. I don't know what comics cost. I've never been a big (laughs) comics person. Yeah, which again brings up my question: How the fuck did Jake afford this thing back then? Uh, Really expensive. (laughs) He. uh, Also, that is way earlier in the run of Spider-Man to introduce Doctor Octopus, and I would expect. Oh yeah, I mean, back in the day, you had a new villain every single issue, so. I, I guess. I guess that's how you sold it, yeah. But I, w- I guess I would have just expected, like, issue one would have just been, like, him getting his spider powers and testing them out, and then, like, well, it would have been, like, some minor villains before they were to do somebody. That major. wasn't in issue one, is the thing, because that was in Amazing Fantasy 15. And then he got a series also, after that. Uh, also, even major... back in the 90s, comic were 1963. Also, <laughs> also major, major villains. Start as minor villains. Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. I, like I guess, I guess they have to start somewhere. It's yeah. like they they introduce like ooh the, in this in this issue Spider Man fights this new weird guy and then sometimes the weird guy becomes popular and they bring him back and that's how major villains become a thing. It's like they don't start that way. It's it's like the joke the Joker started out as just like a random guy who was who was sort of based off the the character from the Laughing yeah, yeah. Man. And fair, and then yeah. later on, he became Batman's arch nemesis. Before he was just a weird clown psychopath, and that was it. I mean, in his first appearance, his whole thing is that he tells you he's going to commit a crime, and then he does. And the trick is that you can't figure out how he's going to do the crime. It's not anything like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it's like basically any of the like it's like playing Ace Attorney and you know who did it, but it's like okay, well, what evidence do I have that actually points to them? Like somebody spoiled me on who does this crime, and now I need to work backwards and be like, how do I prove that in the game that it's this honestly, person? yeah, kind of. <laughs> but yeah, his whole thing is that he comes on the radio and he says, "Tomorrow I'm going to murder the governor." Ha ha ha! And then everyone freaks out and they don't know how he's going to murder the governor, and that's Batman's job is to figure it out. <laughs> So, I mean, basically, it's kind of like the plot of The Dark Knight, <laughs> where he goes on, he's like, I'm gonna blow up these ships, and then you're like, okay, uh, how are we gonna stop? Like, it's the same thing. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the other thing to be aware of with this particular issue of The Amazing Spider-Man, number three, 1963, is that uh, this is when Stan Lee was doing all the dialogue himself. And he was actually kind of bad at it in a lot of ways, because he was writing like 12 or 15 comics by himself every month. So it's, yeah, yeah, most notable in this comic, uh, Dr. Octopus, uh, I believe it's on page eight of the story, refers to Peter as Superman because Stan got confused and forgot what he was doing. (laughs) (laughs) I really like the big question mark in this cover that says, Can anything that lives defeat the mighty Dr. Octopus? <laughs> With two question marks inside another question mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like, why, why do they phrase it as, Can anything that lives? It's like, why wouldn't they just say, Can anyone be- stop Dr. Octopus? <laughs> because all comics in, like, the... Are dumb. The, the, like, 
mid to early 20th century, like before the the 80s, um, used dramatic language like that for for a thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just just how old timey comics are. (laughs) I don't. They don't say. They don't say. they never say anything simply. Well, I mean, that specifically is very much a hallmark of the early Marvel Stan Lee style, you know? Because he's mm-hmm. all hyperbole, all over the top, all... Yeah. In- yeah. It's weird in a way, because it he almost uses the same thing that Bill and Ted do, in that he does the super casual phrasing, but also the ridiculous words that no one's used yeah. since the 1800s. It's... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Great. I'm, I'm also kind of surprised. I, I kind of even just noticed it now that even like back in this original run of Spider-Man, he had the like the little like glider web stuff between yeah, his arms. Yeah, that was part of the classic design. Then it got phased out because one, people hate drawing it, and huh. two, it serves no purpose for the costume. <laughs> I mean, well, to be fair, again, like a lot of my like early exposure to Spider-Man was kind of the Tobey Maguire movies. So like. When there were ones where it's like, wait, he built his web swing, his web shooters in these. I thought he just always has his weird like uh, wrist things that it shoots out. <laughs> to well, be fair, again, I hadn't really seen any Spider-Man before then, so made sense. Well, Pat, shall we continue with this triumphant reading of this most excellent book? <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. I have one last Spider-Man note, and then we'll be good to go. Uh, in the okay. update of this book, in the 2011 reprint, they changed it. It is no longer the Amazing Spider-Man issue number three. It is Ultimate Spider-Man issue number three. Uh, this was released, I mean, in 2000s, so definitely after 1996. Uh, it was published in November 2001. And this is a comic that is much less valuable and would be much less interesting to give to your mother, but it is notable because it is the first of comics appearance of the wrestler <laughs> Crusher Hogan. <laughs> it's really we it's really interesting that like as you've said before, whenever they've like done these like reprints, they've gotten rid of a lot of the like cultural like touchstone stuff to get around like actually like using like names mm-hmm, and stuff that yeah. exists <laughs> but they keep spider-man <laughs> they just change the run of spider-man comics <laughs> spider-man is timeless well naturally yeah apparently i mean he's been around longer than even my mom has been alive i guess so i guess so <laughs> uh, this is also the issue in which norman osborn blows himself up so uh <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Spider Man in my in my Spider Man is in my opinion like the perfect superhero. He's not too powerful, definitely powerful enough. He's like right in the sweet spot in the middle to make yeah, things like, interesting. Like, like he easily beats the crap out of like this guy's like shocker, but he has to actually really try on tougher dudes like it, Doc it, Octopus and stuff. It allow it allows for a lot of like dramatic story bits yeah. i guess that like yeah. he, he can, he's, he's he's still weak enough that he can be reasonably beaten down and we can see him at a low point it's harder to mm-hmm. do that with characters like uh like superman you know yeah but yeah like, you yeah, can, like super, you can, superman but... is designed to just like kind of be the best and it's like mm-hmm. you have to bring in like a space rock to try to yeah him it's just become, like Sp- Sp- spider-man's kryptonite is just his own uh, crippling self <laughs> and and yeah, and the fact that he can never keep a job, so he can never yeah. actually pay for rent, <laughs> and, and, and and poverty. That's his other kryptonite. Yeah, that's why yeah, he's. Yeah. I like him because he's relatable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was about to say, yeah, he likes better because he's relatable because he can never afford to actually have a livable life. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that was always the 
the comparison, right, especially back in the big heyday of comics, was that DC characters were archetypes. They were something you could live up to, but never actually try to be. Whereas Marvel people were people. <laughs> yeah, this is quickly becoming a different podcast, so let's get back on track. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry about that. No, no. I derailed us again. <laughs> I, listen, I'm the one who got us on Spider-Man for 15 minutes. I, I had this prepped. It's okay. Um... Yes. Uh, so apparently Marco had helped him pick this gift for his mom. So uh, I, maybe? I don't know what's going on here. Maybe they stole this comic book? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I, that's the only way I can imagine Max <laughs> being able to get it, because there's no way this like kid who would have been like 11 at the time could afford this thing. <laughs> like, there's, there's zero way that he would be able to save up that much money to pay for the comic, nor ask his parents, like, hey, can I have, like, a, like, $2,000 forward allowance? <laughs> like, uh, fuck you. No. <laughs> but yes, uh, so he has asked Cassie and Cassie has asked Rachel for help buying something for his mom. Uh, he doesn't really know anything about buying gifts for people because Jake has no externality whatsoever. He's entirely himself. <laughs> Jake is a simple boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. Not not like simple like in in the euphemism for um like mm -hmm. slow. Yeah. Uh, simple as in like he's just kind of what he is on the on the surface you know he he ha he has to he has to be duplicitous yeah. a little bit for the sake of doing his old guerrilla war espionage thing but it's not like that comes i, I feel like it's not like that comes naturally to him he's just kind of like yeah like he's, it's he's, like he's a straightforward kind of person it's, it's not as much a facade as it's just no this is just me and it just happens to work out in my favor yeah honestly mm -hmm. like he's gonna change a lot over the books of course because he has to get more and more into this war but i think jake in his natural state is basically a golden retriever yeah yeah well, you're, you're you're not wrong jake jake uh is just happy to be here most of the time except when his beverage is off <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's an easygoing guy who doesn't have a lot to hide until an alien gave him a lot to hide. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, Rachel essentially is able to point him to a department store that has a sale on, and they find a blouse uh, that she's excited about, I guess. Uh, it's marked down to half price, basically, so it's $17, and Jake is a little miffed about going over his budget, but apparently Rachel's logic is that... If you buy something that you weren't <laughs> going to buy, but it's on sale, then you saved money. A.K.A. <laughs> a the Vivian logic. <laughs> oh, man, I saved so much money this past Steve, Steve yeah, Summer yeah. Sale. Which, like... which, is, which is amusing, because like every time my mom wanted to go out for like Black Friday, I was like, you know that they actually like are arbitrarily adjusting these prices, so you're really not saving a whole lot, really. <laughs> so it's like you're not really saving much. Meanwhile, these days, with me being excited about like them clothes, me being like, oh, but this is only like $15. <laughs> It is. It. I would be losing money if I didn't buy this cute thing. Listen, it would. It would have been like five hundred dollars. Never mind that I did spend a hundred and fifty. I saved exactly. even more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Wrong agreement that this is the right thing to do, <laughs> even if it means supporting capitalism. 
Uh, yeah, uh, Rachel peels off to go check out something in the junior's department, so I suspect she's shopping for her sisters here because they're both younger than her. And that leaves uh, Jake and Cassie alone in the clothing racks. And he starts asking about what's going on, what her plan is, because Marco didn't really tell him. And the answer is flies. Uh, he's not jazzed about this at all because he's really sick of bugs, especially after the roach thing. <laughs> But he and also him eating a spider and also him <laughs> eating a spider and 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 the ants and the ants and being a flea. He's got more <laughs> bugs than anything else. Uh, to be fair, he says the flea was all right. Yeah, the flea was kind of just doing the the flea was just having a vibe and just drinking I blood. I feel like morphing into the flea would have been a very disturbing experience, though. Yeah, uh, but like once he was in it, he was like, "Yeah, this was all right." Unless he went everything else. Every other bug was a nightmare. Or at yeah. least, like, well, the lizard wasn't a bug, but it ate but, a bug. So that but we know, we know Jake is going to end up morphing fly because it's the cover animal. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, again, brings up the point of, like, why didn't they start with this? And, like, why did they have to go with the cockroach stuff for multiple chapters? And it's like, cockroaches are much larger and flies are easier to hide. Harder to, ki- harder to kill, too. <laughs> flies are like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you might get lucky if a fly is, like, having an off day and beating it in the air, but it's, like, it's a lot harder to hit one of those compared to a cockroach yeah. running and you can just spray it. <laughs> yeah, there is a line here, and I think Jake is joking, but it is... I feel like it's a little insensitive. He says, I'm starting to feel jealous of Tobias. I mean, he's stuck as a hawk, but at least he doesn't have to go around turning into bugs. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> Yeah, he's just got bugs on him at this point, as we'll see next chapter. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Jake doesn't have any ideas, so he agrees to this, even though he's not happy about it. But he has seen both versions of the fly, and this is freaking him out. He doesn't want to get stuck that way. And then they just do the little help me thing from the movie for the rest of the chapter, basically. <laughs> and they're not going to stop. They're going to keep yeah, doing no, that. <laughs> I think that's the only fly point of reference that Applegate has, so it's the only one the kids have. <laughs> I, to be fair, me also not having seen either version of fly, that's also my only point of reference, besides also the Simpsons parody of it. <laughs> from it, the it is, I think, the most prominent pop culture thing to feature flies. It's Except for yeah. maybe... Lord of the Flies? That's not like it's not nearly no, as closely connected to this. Yeah, I, I, I mean, oh, I'm trying to remember. Was there a fly in Bud's life? I remember there was a flea. Uh, there was, but that uh, this this predates yeah. that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I think there were like some flies that like the the equivalent of a bar after they basically all lost their job at the carnival or something. Like, yeah, I think there was, like and, some flies getting drunk or some shit. And they order the poo poo platter, but that's oh that, right. that, 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 yeah. that predate this this predates that right because so right, they're like annoying because they're annoying Francis. Also, that's Francis like a really a, like a really minor bit scene yeah. in that movie. Yeah, it's not really yeah, yeah they're re- they're really not characters. It's, it's not, not like it's it's not like a movie about flies. It's a movie that happens no. to have <laughs> flies in it. Huh. Yeah, because it's a movie all that bugs. <laughs> yeah. But yes, ultimately, uh, the plan is just to get into the hospital as flies, because if they're using the hospital to put yurks in people, there must be a yurk pool in the hospital. So they find the pool, destroy the pool, and that's it. Uh, the fly morph is basically just to scout around the hospital and see if they can find the pool before demorphing. So there you go. That's the end of my chapter, as they do that bit again, morph the fly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right, which that will just lead us into chapter thirteen, which I called Bird Bus. <laughs> mm. That's a good, uh, it's a good title. <laughs> yeah, 
I, I was trying to make like Tobias plus Bus like Tobusus, but it didn't really work out. Well, no, the alliteration works better instead of torturing yeah. the pun <laughs> until you get charged by the pretty, pretty much. I've already I've already murdered a bunch of puns in the course yeah. of this, and we're only six. I just don't understand why <laughs> you didn't do Tobibus. It's right there. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> you're if you, you got it, you got to be careful. Vivian, or you're gonna get tried in front of the Hague for <laughs> pun crimes. Like, well, well. Uh, I mean, uh, I wouldn't say I didn't deserve it, but also I wouldn't deserve it. <laughs> puns are not a crime. Listen. Yeah, but bad. Uh, no, I what I what I'm what I'm. Puns aren't a crime. Puns aren't a crime. But there's there's such thing as a as a as, as torturing no a pun too much to, to a point where it is it is unethical and and obscene <laughs> me fleeing the border uh because of uh being wanted for bad crime against puns as opposed to uh the current deteriorating state of the u.s trying to make trans people bird, illegal <laughs> bird bird bus works though because bird bus has alliteration in it and i like alliteration keep please yeah, so please keep going bird bus. yeah yeah in any case, uh, basically this just gets, starts with a summation of how gross morphing is to the gang, because they, uh, more or less all of them are watching Cassie partially turn into a fly. Uh, I really say partially because Tobias is just fully outside not watching, and Marco's shielding his eyes, and Rachel just runs off the vomit at the sight of Cassie's compound nines in basically a child-sized body at one point. <laughs> mm-hmm. So really, none of them are watching but Jake <laughs> at this point and Axe, but uh... Axe basically this act that they are disturbed by the morphing process, and they basically have to explain to him what the willies are, <laughs> because they're like, yeah, some, some animals are just fucking gross, <laughs> and, you know, sometimes they just make you feel nasty. Uh, they, they try a couple of times to get Cassie to actually respond to them via thought speech while she's flying around as a fly, but she's kind of just having too much fun buzzing about, because, uh, as they say, like, going, like, flies only go, like, four miles an hour, but that's a lot to a small bug. <laughs> So they're just kind of like having fun. <laughs> I love how yeah. much fun she's having. You know, it's flies are such a stereotypically gross animal. The fact that it's just a blast to be a fly is great. It's it's yeah. also cool that in the middle of all this horror and terror, they can at least find some joy. Yeah, even you know? once they're all morphed, like even Axe is having fun as a fly. Yeah. <laughs> when it's like he's Axe, he's the most fucking self serious person of all of them, and he's like, meanwhile, even he can have fun flying around at four miles an hour. <laughs> but yeah. But Cassie eventually responds and apologizes for being distracted by how fun it is to be a fly. And basically, the all, all the others uh, eventually bug out and agree that flying in a small little speck is quite thrilling in a way that's different than being birds, because flies can actually just like move on a dime to go in a completely different direction and stuff. But eventually they all focus up and board the bird bus, aka Tobias, since he can get them to the hospital much faster than they ever could. <laughs> and they go. Kind of nothing else also happens in this chapter. It's kind of one of those other ones where it's like, yeah. Uh, I will say that Jake once again brags about how fast peregrine falcons go. Well, yeah. And... Yeah. <laughs> But he's like, yeah, but also it's like it doesn't feel like it as much just because it's a larger body compared to a small body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, in any case, that's that chapter. We'll just move right on to 14, which I've called Yakuzi, because I had to try to make a Yakuzi plus Yerkuzi. Naturally, naturally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and basically, they just have a little distraction on Tobias as he brings him to the hospital and that Jake lies to him about there being a flea on him, but he basically just claims it left off even as he sees it looking for a good spot to drink some yummy bird blood so what the fuck jake (laughs) 
He also likes to uh, try to keep Tobias clean. Ridden, Tell or, Tobias uh, that he has, like, t- t- Tobias can go by Cassie's bar and she can treat him for fleas. It's not good exactly. for birds to have fleas. Do you think, no. do you think a flea collar would work for a hawk? I don't think so, because, like, you really can't put a collar on a bird. I think it would be, I think the problem wouldn't be in how it affects the fleas. I think it would affect, affect the fleas the same. I think the problem would be whether or not it can stay yeah. on. Yeah. Like, it would, you, like, you would have to get a really small collar, because, I mean, even though Tobias is a hawk, like, he still has a smaller neckline than, like, I a I mean, dog, cat collars are a thing. Oh, true. Also, if I saw a hawk flying around with a flea collar, I'd be like, huh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be a little. It, it's like I mean, you have to at that point go all the way and also like attach a little tie to him, so this way he's just a little spiffy hawk, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's weirder. <laughs> well, if the collar is too much, what about those um the the once a month treatments? You just drip the stuff on the pet's back, and you can get that in a cat size. I'm sure that would. <laughs> I, I looked this up actually when I read this because I wanted to know because I didn't know. If hawks could get fleas, turns out they can. Uh, all birds can, and it recommends that if you if your bird does have fleas, obviously you take it to the vet mm-hmm. or you treat it somehow for those fleas. I imagine hawks in the wild can have fleas. <laughs> I don't know if how how common it is. Um, I feel like if Tobias was like injured and ended up in the wildlife rehabilitation center or whatever, they'd probably treat him for the fleas. So yeah. I, I, there has to be some way. I know there's a way to treat birds or, for fleas. Or even, even if it's just like you know, with Jake flying here about the flea being off, like you would think he'd be like, "Hey, Cassie, later on, can you check me over or something?" It, it might be, you might think it's a little weird just because I yeah. am your friend and everything, and I am a sentient bird, but it's like I, I still need to be checked it's over. Like, yeah, this is bad. <laughs> Tobias needs to. Listen, everyone has an inherent right to medical care, including exactly. people who are trapped as hawks. So. <laughs> Uh, no, and and I all, I all I'm saying is I know there's a way to treat birds for fleas because if your parrot gets fleas, you you should take it to the vet and get it treated for fleas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what happens next? Uh, yeah. In any case, uh, basically as they're going along, Cassie gives Jake another opportunity to bow out of the mission because uh, you know she says nobody would hold it against him because obviously his brother's involved. But he basically just tries to be stoic about it and is committed to the job, even if his brother pays for it, so rip the tom, I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, after some prerequisite additional fly jokes that Axe does not get, because they don't explain pop culture to Axe, they just basically bail off the device into the open window at the hospital with Axe and Casey, or Casey, Casey, Cassie <laughs> going with Jake, while Marco and Rachel search together elsewhere. I don't know why I thought Casey. <laughs> Casey's really not really spelled any different. <laughs> I guess it's a There's two, the two S's make the vowel before it short. I know this because I, 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 I tutor dyslexic kids. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. I guess Helps. Casey would have like one S, yeah. Oh, close enough. <laughs> anyway, uh, all of them but X remember what the yerk pool from book one smelled like, so they try relying on the fly sense of smell to locate it. I we did not. I don't remember us getting a bit where they were like, "Oh yeah, this place fucking reeks" or anything back in book one. But I guess it did. <laughs> I mean, it's a sludgy, gross pool of aliens, bugs. I guess it would. You know. It would definitely have a scent yeah. for sure. <laughs> I guess yeah. I just I just don't recall them saying, "Oh yeah, this place is nasty and it smells a lot." I think they were distracted. And besides, I don't think it has yeah. to be a bad smell; just a distinct one. 
True. Yeah. I guess I, for some reason, I also thought it was more of a, like, silvery pool compared to how we'll see it's, like, just all muddy brown. It's, oh, yeah. It. No, it's, yeah, it's sludge. Well, it, yeah, it's, 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 a it's a, it's a nutrient slurry. <laughs> Yay. It's, like, just fucking gruel, but it has alien. It's uh, like a, it's like an alien protein shake. <laughs> uh, it's uh, yeah, in any case, uh, Basically, Dick's group eventually finds a room that has a large Superdome-like object in it. They get in there by going under the door because they are like, how do flies open a giant door? Because for flies, so they just crawl under. And actually, Morris first since he'd be more useful in the fight in his emulate form than two human teenagers would be. And I- I'm trying to figure out the logistics here because they basically describe it as like mid-morphy non-fatally knocks out a human controller. Because like it basically like says like from the ground one of his eye stalks appeared and then it disappears and then like he just basically, I guess reforms his tail real quick just to knock a dude out <laughs> while still being a tiny fly. I, I don't know how this really works. I cannot imagine the recoil on whapping someone with an andalite tail while your body is fly-sized. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would think that it actually go flying into a wall and splat or something. <laughs> also, his entire body would probably flump over just on the ground itself because he's emerging a giant eye stalk and then a giant tail. <laughs> But yeah, he does that somehow, and because there was apparently only one guy stationed in this room, because the jerks never learn to actually have more of a security detail anywhere. <laughs> they will eventually. It won't be consistent. Eventually, but... but they just had they just had these kids sneak in here like three days ago. <laughs> you would think you would have more people on high alert <laughs> for a couple days or like a week at yeah. most. To make sure that your, uh, you know, food pool doesn't get fucking blown ah. up. <laughs> um, yeah. There is a thing here, I think. Um, we've got a point on the... So, uh, what we set up the counter for is for when Jake says, don't call me Prince, because that is the literal direct quote he yeah, will normally yeah, use. He yeah. does not say that here, but he does say, you really, really don't have to call me that. Does this count? <laughs> Yes, I think yes, so. it it's still yeah. it still carries the same yeah it's, it's still the same messaging same, even if he doesn't say the exact okay. words same meaning it's it's any any time the don't call me Prince Jack counter is any time Jake asks in some way not to be called Prince Jake okay in response to Axe doing and, that and it's just and it's yeah. just funny that Axe immediately responds if yes Prince Jake <laughs> yeah that's that's part of the joke is that every time every time Jake says that Axe will respond yeah. yes Prince Jake and I feel like that is like Axe. Asserting, no, I'm gonna fuck call you Prince because like, this is Axe, important Axe to has me, a, okay? Axe has a very specific sense of humor and it's just making Jake uncomfortable. <laughs> well, it's... I don't know, it's like, it's interesting because Axe does not do sarcasm and I feel like he... Like, there was there was a mention earlier, like, I don't know if Axe doesn't have a sense of humor or if he really has a dry sense of humor and I think both are actually true. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, like he, he's intentionally doing this just to make you keep guessing. Of like, is Axe actually yeah. taking the piss out of us or not? But, yeah. <laughs> and turns out it's all intentional, and he's doing it just to throw you off, because he doesn't want to be read for some reason. Honestly, I think a lot of it is, because of course he's alone, right? And he doesn't have anyone else mm-hmm. to look up to. So he's attached himself to Jake yeah. in the same way that he would his military commander, because it's the thing that keeps him moving forward. Mm-hmm. But... Also, he can't bring himself to stop, even though Jake keeps asking him to, because if he does, then that really is abandoning standard protocol. Yeah. No, it's 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 true. It's part of what he's holding on to as an Andalite warrior, you know? 
it's yeah, like, he, like it's just it's just ingrained in the culture basically, and he's like, yeah. well, it's it's just part of what I was grown up knowing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think that 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 Jake could maybe stand to be a little bit understanding of that, but I also think that it is weird. And I would feel he uncomfortable is, he too. Is a, yeah, he is a teenager, but it's also like a case of like I, I feel like at a certain point Jake probably would actually be like, okay, seriously, my guy, like, just, just, Jake, you're making me a bit uncomfortable. I always call me Prince Jake. You really should stop. Jake, even though he is, so there's there's a there's there's a part of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and it's specifically, and I think, life, the universe, and everything. When they actually do find the president of the galaxy, like the real leader of the <laughs> galaxy, which was part, which was part of the the whole like, uh, con- like the whole conspiracy that Zaphod split his brain for. But the the point I'm trying to make is that when they do find him, he's just a guy who doesn't believe anything is real, who who's a complete solipsist, living alone <laughs> on a planet, and sometimes in secret they go to him and ask him questions, and that's how they run everything the logic being that the perfect leader is someone who does not want to be a leader who is uh perhaps incapable of recognizing that he is one um that last latter part doesn't apply to jake but i think that the the relevant thing is that jake doesn't really want authority you know what i mean he's like He's he's ostensibly the leader, but it's not something that he wanted. It's something that was thrust yeah, on it, him. It's been, and so, basically the rest of the group were just like, "Well, you're you're like the video game protagonist of all of us here, so you're the leader." He's he's uncomfortable with authority, but he will reluctantly take that authority for the sake of everything else. Um, so, like, I think that when when Axe calls him Prince, he's kind of like, "I don't really feel comfortable with that title or with the, the yeah, implications like, that I, it I has." Did, like, we didn't have a. <laughs> Like, we had kind of a vote on who would be a leader, except I didn't get a vote, and everybody else just decided to vote for me by default. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not good with this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. In any case, we should probably move on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, chapter 15, which I've called Pretty Sure Death by Jacuzzi was in a Final Destination movie. Uh, has, like, <laughs> a little wordy, but I found that funny. Uh, it has Axe explain after Jake and Cassie D. Morph that he knocked the guy out since he knew that Jake's brother is in controller, but he actually doesn't know what Tom looks like. You would think that, again, out of all the things that they should be teaching Axe, recognizing people that are related to the kids would probably be on the top of the list. It's being like, yeah, if you see this person in their controller, please don't murder them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But he at least erred on the non-murdery side of things for a change because, again, he's concerned about Tom. Jake does thank him for this, even though the guy clearly isn't Tom because he's more of a scientist guy. Uh, but he's also still concerned because he says that the guy is bound to be somebody's brother, son, or father. So the less humans that are killed overall are the better. I appreciate this instinct, but this is gonna, this is really gonna mess you up long term, Jake. You can't be thinking like this. <laughs> Yeah, but fuck, fuck, fuck the hork right, though. Fuck, fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they really don't care about killing hork and taxons who are also enslaved to the Uruks, but people, mm, that's different. They're people. There will be yeah. very, very, very long-term consequences to this. No spoilers. I would, I would imagine, yeah, considering that it's like, well, if you're sparing people but killing all the other aliens, uh, the main alien force behind this invasion might start to maybe put two and two together, maybe thinking that the people that they're actually looking for are humans because they don't want to kill other humans. <laughs> I mean, it's like, again, like I get I get the reasoning why, because again, Axe doesn't want to just murder Tom by accident, but it's like it's still a case of like, yeah. Maybe you should teach him what Tom looks ha. like, so he would know. Yeah, and then he would just be like, well, the same Tom, murder. <laughs> Especially with Chill how uh, 
Especially with how often he is just totally okay with chopping people's arms and hands yeah. off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By contrast, he's like, oh, not Tom, fair game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. In any case, uh, they realize that the... Oh, did I skip over the Superdome that they had found? No, no, I did mention that. Yeah, they, they, they see that the Superdome that Cassie had saw was just a jacuzzi that was here, which Cassie explains would be at a hospital for physical therapy. And when they uncover it, they find that it's the portable yerk pool that they've been looking for. <laughs> It's all gross. It's just basically has a cover on it. Just this way the Yorks aren't just exposed to the air. Act assures them that Yorks are blind. Maybe also so that if some like poor RN walks in and sees, like, they won't just like see a brown yeah, yeah. pot full of alien slugs. But I guess also my understanding was that at this point, everybody that would be working at this hospital do have a yerk in their head. I feel I like not everyone. I feel like 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 they said doctors and like administrators. So I, I feel like everyone in positions of authority that they need in order to control the hospital. I guess, yeah. There, there might yeah. be some nurses that are not yerked or something that they're just like, hey, this is like off limits. This is the thing- if that's the case, mm-hmm. though, then it's only because yerks devalue how much <laughs> nurses matter to hospitals. Because yeah. they're, they, we, we do not give nurses enough credit. Uh, no, really well, don't. obviously, it's because they yerked one doctor and decided that no one wanted to uh, clean bedpans. That was for humans to do. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, like, they, they yerked one nurse, and then immediately the next day, that yerk came back to being like, guys, seriously, you gotta put me in somebody else. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like they would probably put some, like, yerk who had done something wrong or somehow not on the wrong side. <laughs> The one, the one yerk that uh, fucked up and failed Mister Three, but didn't get immediately killed, and that gets put on cleaning up shit duty. That's the thing, right? Because any yerk that would get put on cleaning up shit duty would already be dead. So oh, tr- true, yeah. <laughs> uh, unless it's unless it's this one that hasn't actually fucked up, but for some reason Mister Three just dislikes. Just, just fucking, just fucking hates the guy. You know, he's he's, he's like one of those. He just gets on his nerves. That guy laid in the good Kendrona Ray spot, like it's like basically like a cat taking up like a sunspot from another cat and being like, "That's my spot." Or he's <laughs> or he's just like really annoying. Like he talks about when he comes back from vacation, just talks about it for a bit too long, and you're like, "Yes, we know you went to to yeah. to the, the the space amusement park with your family, but like you don't have to keep saying stuff about it." You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm in my cubicle. Yeah. Working on the stuff I'm working on. Yes, I remember you were gone all week because you went off to space Disneyland. I get it. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, at any um, rate. Uh, well, what was that? Was that? Was that what you were gonna say? Uh, no, I was gonna point like. The thing is, it's easy to overestimate what the Yerks can do, because we really don't know, but at this point, you gotta remember, they don't have a super solid position on the planet. Like, mm-hmm. I would guess... Yeah, that's why they're trying yeah, to Yerk the governor. I, I would estimate, and yeah. this is a rough estimation, but I think there's probably not more than three or four hundred hosts right now. Maybe, maybe Mr. Three shouldn't be killing all of his people you yeah, know what I mean? yeah maybe he <laughs> should stop killing his uh soldiers who are you know potentially yeah. available to actually help with this invasion force by yurking more people yeah. in higher positions yeah so I, I just i don't think it's likely that they have every single yurk or doctor in this hospital yeah. yurked i think it's more likely four or five specific ones that can control the narrative <laughs> yeah yeah and the ones who would likely be there to yurk the governor yeah guy. <laughs> Yeah. Management and some select doctors, most likely. Yeah. 
At any rate, uh, X assures them that Yurks are blind in a natural state, and as you said earlier, apparently are also deaf. <laughs> yeah, they don't mention this here. Dr. Kelso's been yurked. Dr. Cox has been yurked. <laughs> <laughs> Not JD. JD's just kind of going along with it. <laughs> uh, yeah. They should have yurked Carla. They really should have yurked Carla. She's going to figure it out. (laughs) Look, yeah, we've established that yurks are not smart. (laughs) At any rate, since they're blind, they're good on that front. They don't have to worry about actually, like, being seen. And then Jake basically lays out his plan that he pretty quickly puts together to boil them alive by plugging the jacuzzi in and setting the heat and jets on Max to basically just... I guess bonk them into each other and just boil them. Well, yeah. Well, ag- agitation helps with the uh, falling apart yeah. of boiling things. So. I mean, yeah. okay, yes. But if that was what he did, that would be great. But that's not what he did. He uses tape and a pair of tweezers to rewire the entire jacuzzi so you yeah, can't turn it yeah, off. I, yeah. Uh-huh. I guess. I guess. I guess Jake just like knows enough about electrical uh-huh, yeah. engineering. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Jake, Jake's player decided to be the one person that took at least like one a couple points into electronics. To just having yeah. like eleven or less roll. Uh, you have proficiency in this. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I was going for a hero reference, not a DMV reference. <laughs> okay, but yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Basically, he basically has the bare minimum, and he just luckily rolls really well. And it's like, yeah, I yeah. guess you okay, know how to do this. I guess this. you do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and, and the the crazy thing, it works, which is what, which is actually uh-huh. brings up a really hard question for us that I've been thinking mm-hmm, about this whole mm-hmm, time. Which is, mm-hmm. How many points do we give? Yeah, we don't know <laughs> how many yurks yeah, are yeah, in the pool. I, I, he does kind of ballpark it at like about a hundred, so I guess. Jake, <laughs> I, guess I mean, you. I guess you, we y'all can did, give him. Y'all did allude to Jake ha- skyrocketing up the kill count, so I guess we have to give Jake just an even hundred more. Yeah, this won't be the only time either. Uh, the, yeah, I guess we have to give Jake because he, he ballparks at about a hundred. I say we set it at a hundred. Yeah, and like just give him a hundred points on the kill count. Um, I was honestly going to suggest maybe we round that down, because since he is guessing, since he doesn't know, what if we say, like, 70? And that's not a hundred, but it's in the same ballpark that he could mistake it. Yeah, it, it's it's still going to put him in the lead for a long time, I'd imagine. Well, probably. Like, even if we just wanted to give him just 50, you know, just again, to, like, lowball it, just going half of what okay. he estimated or something. I just used a random number generator to get a number between 70 and 100, right. and I got 85. Okay. 85 points for Jake. It's <laughs> <laughs> all we can do. Tw- I'm- <laughs> this, yeah, it's true. This boy is 12 years old and has done so much murder. Of yeah. Life. <laughs> 80... <laughs> 85 kills for Jake. Well, he, that's, that's, I, think, I think this POG just outdid Tobias... Considerably, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Jake, Jake popped his ult and killed the entire enemy team in one go. Yeah, it's much less impressive because they didn't have a chance to avoid it. But <laughs> he, he jumped in the middle of them and Reaper died, died, died all over these yurks. Yeah, right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <that> sucks. <laughs> uh, in any case, going back, uh, he has Axe watch the door and Kathy morph into her wolf form while he sets to work with that pair of tweezers and tape to. Because it's like the, he explained that like the like they basically ripped off the control panel inside of the jacuzzi, so the the wires were just exposed to basically just make sure it could be excellently plugged in. But again, Jake rolls just exceedingly well on his electronics check and fixes this thing entirely <laughs> and plugs it in because he's like, oh, if it doesn't have the panel, it's just gonna default to max heat and max jets, which is again a bold assumption. <laughs> I don't. I feel like it would default to the minimum if it doesn't have a control panel, but sure. 
but to be fair, he does also think during this that this is going too well as he finishes and plugs it in. And basically, as soon as it begins to heat up, some controllers enter, only to basically just be, like, non-fatally taken out by Cassie and Axe. Like, it's just been, like, Cassie just tackles one of them rather than killing, so I don't think we get them things. <laughs> uh, Jake ducks out of sight to become a tiger and helps them out as more people with guns arrive, but Axe just chops the guy's hand off to get rid of that gun. Yeah. <laughs> for, but for, another guy... <laughs> for Cassie, I feel like the the the... the... Um, kill game is is like golf. She wants a lower score. Yep. Exactly. Like, yeah. She's yeah. like, I win if I main t- if I manage to yeah. help defeat the alien invasion, but have the lowest kills. <laughs> yes. The complete opposite of the Jake being like, fuck that. <laughs> but yeah. But there's another guy who has a gun that apparently he misfires and ends up knocking a sledgehammer into Jake from the ricochet, uh, which just sends. Huh? Yeah, that's that's a fascinating it's, thing, it's, right? Because Jake gets shot yeah. in the head here. <laughs> Well, he he says it's a ricochet and a sledgehammer. Hits yeah, well, it's, it, he gets grazed. I had to, to I had to read it a number of times to realize what. Really yeah, to be here. clear, there is not a sledgehammer here. That is a description of the blow. That is like. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought there was a sledgehammer in yeah. the room, and the gun's bullet hit like the sledgehammer no, it, made it fall it, just it, enough to hit into Jake. It it felt like a sledgehammer, but what, I think what happened is there was a ricochet, a bullet ricocheted, and then grazed Jake's head. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, in any case, the gun misfires and it sends Jake falling into the jacuzzi face first. I'm sure this is fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure it's fine. And a lot of the kids yeah. are going to weirdly assume that it's fine for a long time. <laughs> um, and uh, well, not, not really a long time, a few chapters, but still. So I got to, I longer than chapter, they should immediately assume. I called chapter sixteen. We finally get to the thing the book is about. <laughs> uh, because in chapter sixteen, we will finally get to the thing the book is about. So Jake lays unconscious in this pool of dying yurks, um, and awakes, uh, coughing, spluttering, uh, viscous fluid, uh, he has a splitting headache. Others continue fighting in their battle morphs, but the yurks hold off on guns because they don't want to hit the pool. Um, there's one of them is, is shouting, stop firing the pool. Um, they, they don't want to damage it any more than it already is, of course. I don't think they realize that the yurks in there are probably already mostly dead. Uh... Jake needs to join the battle because he realizes that his friends are uh, losing. Uh, they're not going to be able to hold them, hold them off forever. But at that point, uh, he can't, though. At that point, he can't seem to move um, or do anything. Marco and Rachel burst in in time at that point to drive the attackers away. They're in gorilla and elephant morph. An elephant in a hospital. D- definitely weird. <laughs> I assume they're on the first floor because I doubt the floor could handle the weight of an I elephant. Think, I mean, they... I'm pretty sure Tobias specified that the window is on the third mm-hmm. floor. Oh, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> this is a strong hospital floor, then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I skipped over that when I mentioned where the open window was, but I'm pretty sure Tobias said it was the third and floor. And she's, she's, like, making... Like, she's, she's there's a line where she says, it doesn't, doesn't look like I'm going to fit through this doorway, so I guess I'll have to make it a little bigger. So she's, like, smashing through doors she can't fit through. Uh, what I'll say, though, I mean, the window was on the third floor, right? But they didn't just go in and the pool was right there. They had to split up and search. So they yeah, could be on true. the floor. True. The... Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. did They did specify that they had to look a little bit, but they never, like, you, like, mentioned they had to go, like, down to a different floor. But I guess that was just implied. Uh, it yeah, could be, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Point is, Rachel is not falling through the floor as an elephant, <laughs> so. Um, so she, like widens out a door in order to get through um so 
they actually managed to get Jake out of there. They've done what they've come for, so now it's time to retreat. And Jake is unconscious, so an inhuman morph, because he had to be in order to, to rewire everything. Um, Cassie morphs horse, because horses can transport people, I guess. <laughs> um, and then Marco puts Jake on Cassie so they can get him out of there. Uh, Jake uh, has a headache, but for some, so uh, Jake, Jake actually I think he he mentions that um, he like the the yerk that's obviously in his head doesn't quite have control <laughs> over everything yet, so he's able to to say like that he can't think that his head hurts, um, and for some reason none of the kids think that's weird. Well, I guess because he did just technically get yeah, shot in the uh-huh. head and fall into a pool. <laughs> uh, so I would I would expect that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> but even then, like, if he, like, he fell into a yerk pool, specifically. <laughs> like, this is a concern that they should be having right now. Yeah, yeah, none of these kids think about that fact of, like, we need to immediately assume that he has been yerked yeah. and quarantine him immediately. Yes. <laughs> Don't um, let him say shit, he's gonna lie. <laughs> so, uh, the, there's a, a voice in Jake's head now, though, that actually starts speaking um and it, it it expresses surprise at the fact that these are humans not presumably andalites jake doesn't know and where the re- voice is coming really from at this point what's that i really wish that uh this year had been like oh shit my instinct that it was humans and not andalites was right <laughs> from the previous yeah this book. would be that yerk fuck yeah, yeah. Um, unless Unless the York inside of Tom had been replaced by the other one that got promoted or whatever, and Tom, so Tom got demoted to a different York or whatever. Unless but, it was already a different one, it's like it would have been funny if he's like, "Oh shit, I was right, <laughs> fuck." <laughs> so there's a sentiment of surprise inside of Jake's head, not coming from him, coming from something else that his friends are human. Um, he's now calling them that the, the voice is calling them by name in their relation to Jake, like calling out specifically. Uh, Cassie, a human, yes, and Rachel, the cousin, human as well. Um, so it's sort of cataloging Jake's knowledge about uh, the other Animorphs. Jake's, Jake tries to use his hand to, to so no, yeah, no, no, never mind, sorry. It's, it, Jake's hand tries to pull the coat away from his face without his permission. The hand is moving on its own. Um, when Jake reaches full cognizance, he realizes that he's now in a forest with Cassie, I think she's still in horse morph at this point. He tries to say her name, but he can't. And the voice in his head tells him not to struggle because it's pointless. And at that point, Jake realizes that he's now a controller. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, he's obviously terrified and, and, and revolted by by that fact. Uh, I like I like the line, uh, put that primitive human brain to work, Jake. Jake the Animorph is sneered. Jake the servant of the Andalite filth. And it's just, yeah, Yerks, yerks are, are so amazing. Like, so... Just... They're, they're just so extra all the time. <laughs> they're so extra. They're, they're like, so, like, del- like arrogant in just, uh, just, just a really satisfying way. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they cannot uh, move that dial off of 11. It's just always set to there yeah. in terms of how fucking there's, over the there's top There's always, like, maximum supervillain, <laughs> you know, just... <laughs> I mean, that uh, would explain exactly why this Yerk fully lets Axe know that it's like, yeah, it is an Axe. It is a, it is a Yerk. It's not Jake. Uh, <laughs> hey, don't, don't, don't get ahead of me. 
I know. It's just it's uh, the Yorks is so fucking dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> luck no. out in such a easy break so early on into the invasion, and they fuck it up immediately. <laughs> I've called Chapter Seventeen Imposter Syndrome. Huh. Um, Seth. <laughs> so Jake screams in his mind, uh, in his own mind, with horror. Uh, uh, as the mocking present taunts him with false congratulation for figuring this out, Cassie and Tobias express concern. Um. Because Jake is breathing, but still seems pretty zoned out. Cassie seems to think that, you know, could have a concussion. Uh, and yes, that's a concern they should definitely have. They should also be concerned about Jake being a controller. Like, yeah, again, they still don't think about that, where it's like, they're like, oh, he's something's the, the, wrong the with thought, him. The thought never seems to occur to them. Huh. It's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, just, he, he fell in the pool. Your first concern, besides the fact that he's, like, having trouble breathing a little bit, should be, yeah, he's been Yurk. Well, uh, at this point, the Yurk gloats some more, that it can now tap into all of Jake's memories uh, and use that to impersonate him. Uh, right now, it's really just using that to taunt him, and it will not really <laughs> stop doing that. Uh, Yurk, this, this particular Yurk, at least, seems to be very focused right now on beating down its host, uh, which... Maybe is actually a practical thing. I mean, Yorks might need to do that sometimes in order to actually, like, maintain consistent control. Uh, they might need to verbally abuse the, the their hosts in order to, to break their will. Um, you know, it, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's, it's without, without practicality. <laughs> um, so it's... This is where things start to get kind of interesting. Um... Jake screams at the Yurk to get out of his head. The Yurk responds that it would never leave such an interesting host. And then he uses the same ableist slur that Tom used as a nickname for Jake. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure uh, does. Which Yay, is... The 90s. Yep. Which is how Jake realizes that this is the Yurk that was controlling Tom. Uh, Cassie is continuing... Like, the, the kids are outside of this particular conversation continuing to implore Jake to speak with them in some way, to, to somehow interact. Uh, but both Jake and the Yurk are busy. Uh, the Yurk reveals that its name is Temrash114, recently promoted from Temrash252, uh, previously in Tom's head, now selected to infest the governor. However, I think at this point, it has found a better home. Yeah. Um, uh, just a quick note. In our copy and in the original printing, Temrash uh, 114, the name is done with uh, lowercase letters. In the future, that will be capitalized because it's part of the name. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's capitalized in the PDF I was reading. I, I, it is not I in mine, so I don't know what's up they, with that. I, feel, I find it weird yeah. they spell out the numbers at all. <laughs> Yeah, like, like I, you would think it would just be like you know, like a like a Spartan situation where it's like, yeah, they say one one four, but it's like just the number one fourteen, basically. <laughs> anyway, something that I'm wondering um, about here: uh, this Yerk says that they've been selected for a specific host, the governor, but Yerks are blind and deaf in their natural state. How would like if there were a hundred Yerks in that pool? How would they know who should go into whatever head was shoved in there? <laughs> Maybe there's some kind of like system that announces things in like an elect because they can communicate. They have like a electrical impulse thing mm-hmm. that they can use to at least talk to each other. 
Um, maybe there's like a PA system. It's like this host is 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 now being presented at the pool. Please. I'm think I'm thinking of like a train station where it's like uh, like a the host has entered the <laughs> pool. Uh, please board in the order that of your importance and your designation. And Temrash is like, well, fuck all y'all. Or like Temrash one one four. Please, uh, <laughs> please report to the dock. That kind of thing. You know what I mean? And, and then, like, but he's like, oh shit, I'm at the other end of the pool. Fuck. Uh, hang yeah, on. So like, I got I got to worm I, I got worm myself over. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> I feel like Yurks are probably kind of fast in water, you know. <laughs> they they they're fast enough to jump out of the water yeah. into someone's ear. Yes, sir. Um That's fair. Some I don't know again why I was defaulting to the like the sound effect of King Zora scooting over in Ocarina of Time when you give him mm. the letter <laughs> in terms of like, um, <laughs> Yeah. So we we hear more taunting as the Yurk threatens to reveal all the Animorph secrets to Visser Three, uh naming each of his friends in turn, including Axe, the the uh Andalite filth, quote unquote. Um, at this point, the kids are considering bringing Jake to a doctor, uh, but then Jake's voice speaks without him telling it to. Uh, it's Temrash, and Temrash tells others, tells the others that he's fine, Jake is fine. Um, Cassie, you know, lying. Cassie protests since she thinks that Jake might have a concussion instead of the super obvious thing that's actually happening. Uh, <laughs> Temrash can fair, he did slightly get hit by a bullet, so it's like, well, he probably at least has some head trauma of some sort. Yet Temrash responds with the incredibly weak excuse that a doctor might somehow be able to tell that he's an Animorph, which, like, <laughs> I can't think of a better thing for Temrash to say, but it's not a very good thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh... Like, it's like, oh, he might find leftover roach DNA. It's like, what the fuck, my guy? You yeah. would just immediately default to, like, he might see that just some part of our DNA is all jacked up because we can't find animals. That's no, not what doctors... It's not what I, doctors no. usually do. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, to be fair, no. But it's like, you still kind of come up with a better excuse in this moment, rather than just being like, but he might see him part roach and part tiger and part dolphin. <laughs> mm. uh, Tobias leaves to find Rachel and Axe at this point. They're still not there. Uh, Tim Rash suggests they split up now that they know the two are, once they know the two are safe. Uh, the ulterior motive here is so that he can leave and, like, just ditch these guys and then go back to Visser 3 and tell them all of their dirty secrets. <laughs> um, of course, uh, idea that the, the, the uh, impetus that he gives the other kids is that, you know, now that the Yurks, um, now that they have hurt the Yurks so badly, um, they should, uh, they, they should like split up to keep them from finding them. But um, Marco, at this point, we get, we get the, the indication that like Jake can actually feel the Yurk rifling through his brain, uh, trying to find information he can use to manipulate the others. Marco notes that the Yurks probably have no way of finding with the, finding them at the moment. In order to do so, they'd have to have an organized search, which would take time to uh, take time to organize, so they're probably fine here for now, until until uh, Rachel and Axe get here. Temrash continues to argue they should split up for the sake of Axe, uh, and because the Yurks would be mad that Jake quote-unquote parboiled so many of them and at this point jake notes that the yurk is using the exact inflections and words that he would have used um which explains why the yurks are as good at infiltrating as they are not saying they're good at it yeah just saying that this probably helps them not be terrible uh i do think it's interesting yurk... that if the yurk is using the words that jake uses then jake would have said parboiling and i wouldn't have expected him to know how to cook <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh i don't know maybe he does maybe maybe 
Maybe it's a hobby. I, <laughs> we don't really get any indication of that, but he obviously does know what parboiling is, so... Yeah, yeah, he uh, sure does. Your... And he also does the electric... Yeah, it's a, it's for... I think he just has our... This is our jack-of-all-trades character. He has a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, like, again, he, he took the little bit of electronics in order to actually help out the group there, and he also just has profession chef for some reason, <laughs> even though he's a student. <laughs> like, it's just a hobby, guys. <laughs> Uh, the Yurk at this point taunts Jake even more. Uh, yes, little human, your body is my home now. Mind, body, and mind, under my control. Forget resistance, it is futile. No host has ever overpowered a Yurk. It is impossible. <laughs> uh, even though we've seen them temporarily take control over from the Yurks, so just run back yeah, and forth to Yurks. when Tadman slapped himself. I don't think Yurks would consider that, like, overpowering. They yeah, but, but like he, was still, he was still able to, like, fight back and it's fair. Yeah, that's, gain that's true. some control back over his body and it's his true. life the yeah. same. So it's like, it might not be permanent, but it's like, they at least have done some <laughs> enough that made them concerned of, like, well, what happens if he does this in front of, like, students? Because it's like, well, then his job as principal is over. Yeah, moreover, Jake doesn't need to regain control of his whole body here. He just needs to spasm in a specific way to make people suspicious. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what 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 um Chapman's York was worried about happening. Uh, like in, even in book even two. like even that he really just has to be able to say one word, which is just simply saying York. <laughs> well, I don't know that that uh, would be enough because they talk about Yorks all the time. <laughs> yeah, but if he was like having like a weird like moment of like trying to struggle with himself, like they would see that on mm. his face, and then him just shouting that. Like, like, really scared or whatever. It's like, that would at least maybe cause some concern, but fortunately we have Axe, yeah. and Axe is actually, like, one of them that's smart. <laughs> it's, it's also like, okay, so the thing that should have caused the concern was the fact that he fell into a goddamn yeah, yurk pool! Again, like, they don't, they don't need Axe to prove that. He still fell into a uh, pool that was full of yurks. Even if they're starting to die, you would still have to be like, we need to err on the side of caution. If, if they're dying, that's like, even more of a reason to be worried, because that means that they would have wanted to escape for their own yeah. survival, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, at this point, Axe and Rachel will return. Uh, Temrash greets Rachel, and whenever it's like Temrash doing something, I'm gonna say Temrash, because even though it's Jake's mouth yeah. saying the things, it's still, it's, it's Temrash doing it. Um, so Temrash says, hey cousin, I see you made it okay, which is like, we've never heard Jake call Rachel cousin. Nope. Yeah, it's like no. weirdly formal, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it uh, could be casual, right? Situationally. Especially in some community, like, uh, I believe it's fairly common in Hawaii mm -hmm. to refer to friends and close allies as cousin, but that's not a Jake thing. <laughs> that, that's not what no. he's doing, though. He's calling Rachel his cousin cousin because she's his cousin. It's like, like he doesn't—he doesn't even call his friends like Bud or anything like that. <laughs> it's like refer to Marco or Tobias like that. It's—it's just—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, 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 it's what Vivian said earlier. Yorks are a bit extra. <laughs> it's like he's—he's he's been like, oh, look at me. I know our relationship, which means I'm definitely not a Yerk because the, if I were a Yerk, I wouldn't. Even though I definitely the, the, would, and you know that. <laughs> the GM rolls performance and rolls just too well to the part where the kids are like, hmm, this is just doing. This is too good. Something's yeah. gotta be going on. <laughs> well, it's not good though, cause cause Jake wouldn't say that. Exactly. Uh, That's why it's too good. Like that that twenty is actually working against you, GM. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, basically, Axe realizes what's happening pretty much immediately. Jake feels a hand on his shoulder. It's Axe. Temrash's hatred is obvious to him. Um, at least to 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 Jake when he says "and a light in his head" with the same kind of um 
you know, contempt that, that Jake hears whenever Axe says the word Yerk. Uh, and Axe just immediately knows what's happening and moment later, his, moments later, his tail blade is at Jake's throat. <laughs> Uh, which I'm sure is just probably the happiest Jake has ever been to have a blade at his throat. I, I mean, he he will later on say he could kiss Axe for yeah. actually being the sensible one. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, it's like, oh, thank Christ, he's trying to murder me. Fuck, thank God. So, so for some reason, the others are super surprised at this. They're really surprised that Axe has figured out the super obvious thing. And they protest. They're like, are you nuts? What are you doing? Um... It's clear. It's it. They should know what's happening by now. Axe argues that Jake's head was in the pool long enough for the Yerk to infest it, and he had he had this clearly hateful expression on his face for a split second when he first saw Axe. Uh, Temrash tries to appeal to the other Animorphs. Um, you know, it's me. Hey guys, it's me. I'm not a controller. Uh, which is exactly what a controller would say. Marco goes shrewd Marco mode at this point and capitulates to Jake a little bit. But then also notes to Cassie that Jake did seem zoned out for a few moments. And this brings Cassie over to Axe's side here, just just a bit too. Um, Axe says it takes a while for Yerks to take full control of a host, during which time the host may appear passive. Um, might look like a concussion. Jake is feeling incredibly grateful to Axe right now. This is where he says that he could kiss him. Uh, but his mouth continues to protest under the control of Temrash. Um, Axe really is just like the he's the party member being controlled by the game master intentionally to try to lead them down the right path where it's like these kids would never fucking get on the right story I feel, feel like I, too, I, so Axe is here to lead them I don't, I don't think I would insult Axe by calling him a DMPC um, True, okay, fair so, I guess I'm thinking of him like uh, the Paladin guy from the D and D movie, where it's like he's like he's kind of implied to be like the insert by the DM just to help them out because he's the only one actually gets shit done, but he's also like not there to like fully do everything for them the entire rest of the movie. The the entire time Jake is giving or Temrash really using Jake's mouth is giving the just weakest excuses. Yeah, he's pretty bad at this. <laughs> just just the like most just half-assed kind of like, I don't know, I think this is a pretty bad idea to to make sure that I'm not a controller. It's me, guys, you don't have to check. Uh, when when Jake, of course, would be very, very cautious about this kind of thing, were another person to be... I, I, I'm giving Tim Rash a lot of shit here. I don't know if I should, because I really can't think of a better situation, like a better thing that Tim Rash could do right now. It's, it's like, Jake I mean, is going well, to be cautious about this kind of thing. It's what what Temrash could have done better was not immediately sneer at the Andalite and then call him directly and in a few pages well, Andalite well, filth. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm saying up like, until if you're now. trying to make yeah, yeah, I get that. But like, if you're trying to maintain yeah. a cover entirely, don't immediately set off the Andalite by being like, "Yeah, I'm clearly a yerk inside your friend's head, dumbass." I think. Man, what I think do the, about it? Well, I think the thing that set off Axe was the fact that Jake's head was in the pool to begin with. Which, I, fair, yeah, because Axe is the sensible one. He he's yeah. grown up knowing about the yerk thread. He would obviously yeah. be told like, if somebody has a situation where they fall into an area infested by yurks, you have to immediately assume that they are now a yurk. Yeah, they they teach them that in Andalite Scouts. Honestly, uh, I yeah. think the best thing, like, so the sneer, obviously, that's not something Temrash could help. That's reflexive. That's him getting used to yeah. human whatever. But so that's, yeah. that's, that's fine. I get it. 
But if Temrash wants to get out of this situation, I honestly think the best thing he could do is say, okay, yes, you're right, we need to hold me for a few days to be sure, because then he's going along with it, and a Yurk wouldn't do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, Ta the fact that he's doing everything possible to just be like, it's me, guys, you don't exactly, have to worry. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's exactly what a person trying to get out of this would be saying. Yeah. Like, you should be playing along and then Like, okay, no, I understand, this is, this is, this is definitely something we should do, and then Jake should, like, go along with it in order to lull them into his false sense of security, where they're like, okay, it's ob he's obviously not a controller because he's completely cooperating with us, but we're still going to do yeah. this as a matter of course. Like he's, he's not trying to get away. He's not trying to argue. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, this has to be and when they then. And when they stop taking this seriously, that's when he should make his move. Yeah, but he doesn't that, do that. That's when, that's when he tigers and kills them all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now... He, the Temrash does have specifically Temrash does have a history of small facial expressions giving him away yeah. <laughs> because we noticed yeah, that this happened yeah. when he was controlling Tom too uh -huh. when Tom was yep. trying to tell Jake like oh you should join the sharing and then Jake is like and then there's a moment where Tom just has this contempt and arrogance on his face toward Jake so really in, in overall Temrash is just bad at this yeah well I mean <laughs> like how did, how's this guy gotten his like promotion to be put in the governor's head if he's just terrible like maintaining KFAB <laughs> well because he's good at strategy I guess but like t t he's he's bad at maintaining his composure <laughs> I suppose which mm. which is I mean he, he has like tells I suppose which which you know not everyone's a good liar maybe Temrash yeah. just isn't good at that um, True. It, it's kind of like how, uh, unfortunately, like a lot of the time, I find myself dipping back into my old voice, even just now, because I find mm -hmm. it way easier to maintain it around people who don't know me and mm -hmm. who I'm seeing in person. And it's like even like if I get like sad or angry, I dip back into it. Unfortunately, because but, uh, it's it's a little hard to focus on that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, strong emotion can break can can yeah. like break down your ability to consciously control things, and and I feel like mm -hmm. that may be what it is. Um, yeah. So, uh, the kids determine they can hold Jake for three days to starve out the Yurk, the Yurk of Kindrona. That's the only way they can be sure that Jake is not a controller. Uh, Temrash protests that Jake's parents will be suspicious. Um, this kind of puts them on pause for a bit. They're not sure how they're going to pull this off. Also, in the process, he insults Tobias. He says, no offense, but I have an actual family <laughs> that loves me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no offense, Tobias, but full offense. <laughs> yeah. Get um, fucked, my guy. <laughs> uh, and and Cassie comes up with the solution, which is that X acquire Jake and pretend to be Jake for three days, which is going to be hard <laughs> and weird. But... I have, okay, two 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 things I need to bring up. One, X already has Jake's DNA because he grabs yes. all of theirs. Yes, he does. He just and morphs I will into an that. amalgam of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he like, does. He's, he's already, already acquired. Has... He's already yeah. acquired Jake. He doesn't need to do it again, but he does. <laughs> Follow up, how's he gonna maintain being in, like, the two-hour time limit at school when it's, like, you might be stuck in, like, I mean, I guess he might make it. I think he does bathroom, it by pretending to, it. to be sick. Oh, so he doesn't actually go to school yeah. at all? Mm -hmm. He just stayed at home? Yeah. That's, that's um, easier than trying to, like, turn into, like, a big centaur deer <laughs> alien in a bathroom and then yeah. morph back into Jake. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, 
Yeah, and Cassie shows the axe acquire Jake, which is weird because he already has. Uh, yeah. When he does, though, Temrash yells in protest and calls axe and delight filth, which Again. just completely shatters <laughs> uh-huh. anyone's doubt that Jake yeah, might like, be a all, controller like, now. Like all the rest of the animals, not including the axe, are just like, I-, I guess that gives us our answer, yeah. <laughs> we close out the chapter like, with, with, with Cassie giving some. Uh, final words of encouragement to Jake, saying, I know you're still in there, I know you're probably afraid, but we will get that thing out of your head, Jake, we will. Um, which is is great, but, you know, Jake's still conscious in there, um, and they recognize that. And that's the end of the last chapter we're doing today, and I forgot to say what the chapter was called, I called it Spy vs. Spy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so that is that is the end of chapter eighteen. Uh, next time, I think we will finish this. We book. sure will. Capture. We'll be heading straight for the end. Yeah. Yeah, we got exactly nine left, so we don't have to have a bit of a shorter one for once. And I will say, shit gets wild. <laughs> we get we get the first we get the first opinion the first appearance of arguably the actual villain of the series. <laughs> hmm. Um. And, uh, yeah, so that's fun. And I actually do want to get your opinion, Vivian, <laughs> on, uh, what the fuck is up with that? Yep. What the fuck is- and you'll- you'll see- you'll see what- what happens when we get there, but- <laughs> Yeah, so I really can't say now, because it's like, you're bringing up, like, the actual villain, and it's like, well, I mean, I guess I would have thought that was Visitor 3, but also Visitor 3 is too <laughs> fucking dumb to be the final boss, actually, now I think about it. <laughs> Visitor 3 is kind of like the- it's weird. Visser Visser three is is he's like a way more incompetent Darth Vader, and then like this real guy is yeah. going to be the Palpatine, well, where it's like, well, he just sits around on his ass most of the, the time and is, just cackles. Visser Visser one is Visser one outranks Visser three, yeah, because Visser one is Visser one. Um, but and there's Visser two too somewhere, but we don't really ever really meet Visser two. Yeah, I don't think Visser two oh, is don't? ever a huh. thing. <laughs> I that's surprising that we never meet Visser Two, considering that one and three are such important characters, with three being every book and one being Marco's mom, that they just never introduce two. Yeah, I don't. Mm. They might. I think they might mention Visser Two a couple times, but they never actually. I don't think they ever actually see Visser Two in in mm. person. Um, um. Okay, that is not true. Visser Two does appear in one book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's Visser Two's host? Is it a Hort Bajir? I don't think I can say that. I'm sorry. Okay, okay, that's fine. Um, you won't see I'm it just, coming, though. <laughs> yeah, I I don't remember Visser Two. It might not have been in one of the books that I read. Um, but yeah, so uh, what did y'all think of the middle part of this book? Kind of, I th- I I think that it definitely took a while to get to the actual thing the book's yeah, about. It, it, yeah, it took pretty lengthy amount of time, because like, it's like past the halfway point yeah, and it's finally well, the yerk is inside his head. <laughs> well past the halfway point. And this yeah. is, this, I, I feel like this is kind of the point of the book, is the the whole Jake gets yerked, how are we gonna deal with this kind of I thing. I honestly kind of mm-hmm. wish that this had been the first nine chapters of the book, because I feel like they could have done that real easily and just skipped the roach thing, right? We... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Again, like, bringing up what I mentioned earlier, like, why would they waste time with roaches when they're like, oh, we can morph flies. Flies are way harder to hit and way harder to see and are more maneuverable than shitty roach wings. Like, you could have you could have cut out, like, three or four chapters at minimum, probably actually more than half of them that we read last time, 
and just jump to this and be like, oh, Jake fell in the York pool in like chapter eight. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we have to skip over the thing at the top of this chapter about getting roach sprayed. But I feel like we can do that pretty easily. We add in the recap chapter and then we add in a, an excuse for them to know about this. Uh, maybe Jake overheard Tom talking about it on the phone about the hospital and they just want to go check it out and boom. <laughs> yeah. It it could have been like a little bit hastened to get to this stuff and then like really dive into these presumably three days of like the York Sully dying. Yeah, because this is the thing that I'm really into, right? I, I want to see more of Jake as a controller. I think that is a fascinating way to do this story. And yeah. it, I just don't According to my PDF, we have six chapters left. I feel like that's not enough time to get what we need out of this. <laughs> oh, weird. That, that, I thought the PDF said there was nine. The the thing is, they're going to... Like, we yeah, know we, how... We I, I see up to chapter 27. We pretty much know how the rest of this book is going to go. Simply by what they... We already know what they plan to do. We know that because Jake is in future books there's going to be it's they'll succeed yeah yeah um, the, the, you know spoilers i mean well it's, <laughs> still, it's, obviously. it's i mean yeah it's it's obvious you know it, so we know what the next six chapters are going to be like we know what's going to happen in them basically there's going to be like oh there's like plans oh. and stuff and and scheming and whatnot but weird okay i just scrolled down and yeah the last chapter is 25 but the top of the pdf says 27 what the hell <laughs> i don't know there's seven um, chapters left and not nine. What the heck? Oh, well, what, is up with these, what is up with these uploads sometimes? <laughs> yeah, I guess we can do it like 322 or something like that. But, um, yeah. So, or 223. Well, but there's six so, chapters uh, left, and that's just two of these. Yeah. So, like, but, like the no, thing yeah, is that... No, yeah, 25, that's six. The, the other six issue is that if, if we have a book where Jake is a controller, we really can't have anything more happening than jake being stuck in one place while they keep the yerk there because mm -hmm. if if he gets out and is able to get back to the other yerks and tell everyone about everything that's that that's you know basically game over for them yeah. uh at, at like, this the story yeah, and we obviously have, like, 60 books after this, so it's like, well, obviously that ain't gonna happen. So the only stories we can tell with Jake as a controller, realistically, at this point in the series, is Jake as a controller stuck in one place, not talking to the other Yurks, you know what I mean? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, like, it, it's a... It, I mean, again, it would have been obviously different back when these books were first releasing, where it's like, oh, what's gonna happen here? When it's like, well, back then, I don't think they had said from the start there's gonna be, like, close to 70 of these goddamn books or something. Well, well, <laughs> I'm I'm more thinking of stuff is gonna change later on, very late in the series, that would make mm -hmm. Animorph as a controller plot a lot more feasible to be uh, larger, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like... Is it like Sta a retcon, or is it just the status no, quo? No, no, it's just status. Status quo will change. You know, like the the way things are now will not always be the way things are in the future. Shit, shit's gonna go down. Um, the 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 shape of the war will will change. Uh, and and some of those changes would make that plot a little bit more feasible with Jake being a controller, not being stuck in a shack. You know what I mean? Like it's mm -hmm. it's like. It, yeah, without like spoiling anything, it, it th th this plot would be able to be a lot more extensive much much later in the series. Um, right now, I think this is all they can do. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs>
Um, which may be why they filled the beginning of the book with so much filler. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, again, all these books have had, like, something like five to six chapters with just, like, this doesn't actually matter to the rest of this book. Yeah. Like, how, how often have we had a chapter where it's just like, this feel... is, again, just a summation of how morphing is gross, and that's it. <laughs> I feel like that'll change later. I think the books become a little bit more, okay, here's the business, let's get down yeah. to it. Um, I kind of I would have to hope that because it's like, there's only so many times you could basically retell us like, oh, this is what Yorks are, this is what Andalites are, this is how morphing is gross, because it's like, that would just get old if that's in every book. There's a character who will show up later who's one of my favorite sort of side characters, whose entire job is basically to go up to the Animorphs just clandestinely and say, here's something the Yorks are planning uh-huh, to do, yep. you should stop it. <laughs> um, and... On in those books, that usually happens at the very beginning, and then they immediately get to it. I'm wondering if this is the space wizard you mentioned before. It's not the it's not the space wizard. It's someone okay. else. Okay. Hmm. Uh, it's it's yeah. He's a. Uh... Honestly, though, that is pretty much what Gandalf does. So it tracks. <laughs> it does track. I, I, yeah, yeah. I guess that's not actually too far from like a good guess. <laughs> um. No, the this this is a different character entirely, and he's a lot. I do like the space wizard a lot. I, I like this one a lot more because he's a little bit more relatable. <laughs> you know, he's he's a he's a cool guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, uh. He's just like a cool a cool guy you want to hang out with. You know what? I, it's just <laughs> now I'm just imagining uh, Snoopy and his Joe Cool uh, sunglasses just being like, "Yo, kids, I got the Durin the Yorks. They're up to this." <laughs> the fact that you referenced a dog <laughs> actually. Oh, fuck closer off. than you, closer fuck than off. you think, actually. This podcast is fucking canceled. <laughs> way, this way, is done. Closer, way closer than you think. Um, God damn it, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not a literal dog, okay? I mean, what did I get myself into by agreeing to this? That's not five or six years of nonsense. <laughs> no, you'll you'll see when we get to him. Um, I, I love, I love, I love the chi in general, uh, but that's, that's, that's way far beyond where we are now. Okay. I, I, I love how my, like, I can't imagine it being anybody but Snoopy as Joe Cool, and then you're like, mm, actually, and I'm like, fuck off. I mean, listen, you think I talk a lot about Spider-Man, you wait till we get to the Charlie Brown book. <laughs> the- this is a joke, there is not actually I, I a should- Charlie Brown book. Okay. Look. <laughs> You've made allusions to a bunch of bullshit already <laughs> and that happens in these books. I have to just assume at this point that if you say something, it's like, yeah, sure, uh-huh, there's a Charlie Brown book, sure, bring it on. I don't fucking know. Whatever, anything goes at this point. <laughs> We're only six books in. Um, okay, so does anyone have anything else they want to say about this selection of chapters before we wrap things up? I mean, no, I feel I feel like this was exactly, again, what I was fully expecting. It's like, yeah, of course, like, mm. he's gonna get yorked, because yep. everything from the cover tells you he's gonna be yorked. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, there's, like, if they, they make no attempt to hide it, really. It's just like, yeah, this is what's gonna happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, I guess I don't really have anything else to say about this segment, but we do have our wrap-up, of course. So... Uh, kill count. Uh, Jake has now taken the lead, obviously, with a total of 89 kills. Um, Mr. 3 is in second place with 9.5. I truly wonder how long Jake is going to maintain the lead, because it's like, 
I could see it go so- I could see it either continue for so long for him being the lead, or, like, within, like, two books, somebody's, like, uh, overcomes him or something. <laughs> I already know the answer to that question. Yeah. I mean, I think Kate and I uh, both know who has the most kills as of the end of this series, yes. so... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> can- I mean, to be fun, can I try and guess who it might be? Sure, I'll make a note of it uh, in my notes, and we'll check you later. <laughs> yeah. In, like, five years. Uh, hmm... Let's see. I'm gonna try to, like, give my rationalization here, because, like, Marcus surprisingly has not gotten many kills despite being a gorilla, so I don't think it'd be him. Rachel, I feel like, is too obvious of an answer because she's all gung-ho about murder. Cassie is Cassie, and I know you say Cassie gets more active in, like, doing murder and stuff, but I don't think she would. (laughs) Jake would be the easy answer just because he's so far ahead at this point and is the leader. I'm gonna say Tobias, of all people, because <laughs> him using that fucking gun to blow up an entire <laughs> ship was still, like, the most, like, yeah, okay, he can get a bunch of kills, and also he keeps taking out people's eyes. It could rack up over time. All right, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I-, I appreciate your reasoning. Also, to- I mean, Tobias is also, like, he-, he. I mean, he was the one from the get-go who was the most into, yeah, let's fight these fuckers. <laughs> Like, even more so than even, like, Jake or Rachel at the start. And it's like, he was he was the one from the get-go being like, yeah, fuck yep. them, let's do this. And again, he can use a gun as a bird. <laughs> that seems like a very useful thing to be able to do as a bird. Okay. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and run down the entire list, because we haven't done that in, like, two months now. So, for the moment, yeah. uh, Jake is sitting in first place at 89. Visser 3 is in 2 with 9.5, so good job making, like, almost just barely not 10%. Um, uh, Rachel is in third with nine. She's just trail investor three, Tobias at eight, Cassie at six, Marco at four, and finally Axe at the bottom with two and a half. Oh, I, yeah, I didn't give, yeah, I also feel like Axe would be like an easy answer because he actually has a weapon on him in his normal state. I feel like that'd be too easy too, to say Axe. <laughs> I've got him entirely. Uh, Thermal's count remains at 30 because we haven't had any for a couple books now, which is very weird. And Don't Call yeah. Me Prince is at I mean, two. <laughs> Alright. <sighs> okay. We'll, we'll, get to, we'll get to more thermals. We have a device book coming up in two books. <laughs> I believe, unless there's something else, we have one thing left to say. Yeah, yeah. There's not really anything left to say, but that Zero did nothing wrong. Zero did nothing wrong. I swear, Ciro is this dog you're leading to, I'm gonna say that Ciro did everything wrong. But for the moment, I guess I need to say he didn't. She didn't say that. I don't Ciro's, know Ciro's pronouns. Ciro's not the dog. I wish Ciro was the dog. That would be great. I had I mean, to be fair, again, you made the you made a point that saying that there was a dog, so it's like I was like, okay, you keep saying Ciro. I have to assume Ciro was the dog at that point, but at least you already confirmed no. Ciro's pronouns are he him. Bye! <laughs>